Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hockey Writers Fantasy 4-Check Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jacob Strozik. I am joined by my co-host. Jacob Billington. Uh, today, we're going to go through our uh, last position to talk about, and that is the center position. Way, way too much talent down the middle. So we're going to have a lot to go through. We're going to keep this as concise and quick and thorough at the same time as possible. So let's have some fun. Before we go into our obvious picks, I'm going to question my co-host as always. Uh, for this one, who is a center or centers that you feel that nobody really pays attention to that maybe they should? Somebody that kind of stands out to you as a fantasy asset that other people might not pick up on otherwise. Yeah, I really like this question because usually you ask about young guys and there's just so many it would be impossible to pick from. Um, That's why but, I didn't but, do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for this one, I'm going to go with Brock Nelson. Um, I think he's okay. one of the most underrated centers in the NHL. Um, last year, I believe he put up over 30 goals, 75 points, and like nobody knows that off the top of their head. I like Nelson. I I don't think I picked him up, so I'm I'm gonna agree with your assessment that people might not be paying attention to him. I don't even know if he was rostered in my other league. Um, maybe it's just because it, it was a points league. Was he rostered in ours? I don't remember if anybody had him. I, I couldn't remember, but um, I have his stats up here: thirty six goals, seventy five points, two hundred and twenty two yeah. shots. Like he's, that's he's, a lot of value. Yeah, that is a lot of value. I hey. I, I'm not going to disagree with you because, like I said, I, I didn't pick up on it clearly. Yeah. Um, a name that I had that come to mind, uh, Kevin Hayes. I, yeah. I think he has potential for more than what he was doing last year, but he's always a solid fantasy asset. He gets a decent amount of blocks. He gets a decent amount of hits, and he still scores a decent amount of points. So he's not, you know, like the lamp, but he's good enough that you should pay attention to him in the depth and people might just skip over him for other options or maybe young options that they can do kind of like high or low risk, high reward type thing. I think he is that same type of low risk, high reward because he's going to get the playing time and he's going to score. So I I like Kevin Hayes as a more underdog pick. Right. And going to St. Louis, like there's a ton of talent in their forward group, um, but we don't really know the direction of the team. Like, are they still going to be like, looking for a playoff spot in the in the central division, which it's certainly possible for them to get back in that hunt, even after they sold some assets. Um, but like he I would put money on him twenty goals, fifty points. Like that's certainly possible for him. I would have guessed a little higher. I was gonna guess like twenty six goals and then maybe about fifty five, fifty eight points. That that was my guess for him. Yeah but we're not far off. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well with that out of the way, let's talk about the most obvious possible picks to grab. These are just hands down going to be top 10 in your draft. Almost no way that they go lower. And if they do send a gift basket to whoever didn't pick them when you're picking at 11, 12 and 13 or otherwise. Um, first off the list, you got anybody super, super obvious that we should discuss? Or touch on? I don't know. It's, it's a real big battle there for the first center spot. Um, like he got guys like Mark Kastelik on Ottawa. He's up there. No, it's it's Connor McDavid, and there's no question it about. It. <laughs> yeah, it's it's end of the it's end of story. It's McDavid. You, you take him first overall, and if somebody doesn't take him first overall, start cheering in the streets if you're picking him at two because it's pretty much never going to happen. He has. 
pretty much a 100% roster rate on literally every possible fantasy app. And he's the best player in the league and he's the best player in fantasy. Just grab him. He scores more than anybody else. Uh, number two on the list. Uh, for me, I would put Dry Sidle because for me, it's not a question of if he's getting picked top three. It's is he going at two or at three? No, I agree. And like he's almost as talented as McDavid. Like he's he's not going to get the 150 point mark um, like McDavid. He's obviously a lock for number one. Uh, but like 60 goals and 120, 130 points, 100% within the realm of possibility, especially playing with McDavid. Now, people say that he's a passenger playing with McDavid and um, that he's not nearly as good without McDavid, but that's just not true at all. And yeah. No, what doesn't matter. He is playing with McDavid. He's going to get those points. They all count the same. Um, yeah, Drysaddle is absolutely the second center to take and the second player to take in the draft. Yeah, even if he didn't play with McDavid, he might drop off by like 10, 15 points in his year. But it's not It's not going to make that much of a difference that he's not worth taking at two or three. Right. Uh, next on my list, uh, there's a bit of you, – you can interchange any one of these next couple of players, but – uh, for me, would be Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, top five, top five pick. The dude just scores points left and right. He's McDavid, but slightly slower. That that's yeah. what he is to me. Yeah, and that's it, it's funny that you say slower because if you like watch his highlight reels, there's he's like so explosive, but he is still still a step slower than McDavid. Um, but no, like you said, like forty goals, hundred and ten, hundred and fifteen points easily. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon if he can stay healthy now can he stay healthy I don't know he's usually around that 70 game mark and still still is up there in the upper echelon of centers points but um especially if he can stay healthy wonder if him and Jonathan Drouin can click together a bit again I don't imagine Drouin is going to be as effective as Landeskog but he still might help out that line a little bit and maybe bump McKinnon's points up another maybe five points, 10 points, just based on the chemistry that they have. They know how each other play. Um, and then obviously Ranton and he's going to play with, who is fantastic. Yeah, it's the abs. They're going to score a lot of goals. That, yeah. And McKinnon's going to be at the heart of it. So top five pick, if you ask me. Yep. Uh, and, and you wouldn't be upset with it. Another one, uh, Austin Matthews. It, it It's goals. Goals galore. He had a bit of a down year last year, but there was like that talk that he was hurt for a decent portion of it. He was playing through like a hand injury or something. So if he's at full health and you can expect the Austin Matthews that usually do 50 goals, 90 plus points, top five, if you want, you can even go as low as maybe top seven for your pick, uh, depending on what you value as far as like goaltending or defense. But you, you wouldn't be upset picking Matthews top five, if you ask me. No. I agree. I took him third last year. I believe it was third overall. Um, it might have been fourth, though. Um, and obviously, I was disappointed. 40 goals, 85 points, I think he got. Um, yeah. And, he cracked 90. Yeah. And it's, I say disappointed, but that's still pretty solid. Um, I obviously was expecting more after a 60-goal season. But he was playing that, he did 40 goals with hurt wrist for the majority of the year. And yeah, I don't know. He's definitely a top, like you said, five pick, maybe seven, depending on, depending on like if, if Makara is available at five, I'm going to take Makara over um, Matthews, but that's all preference. 
Right. That that's all just situational. Like what what do you feel you want to pick in that spot? But you, yeah. the point is you're not going to be disappointed if you take him high, high. Yeah. That that's the kind of the the whole crux of it here. Uh, last player on my list for this one uh, might be slightly controversial, but it's just my opinion. Uh, I'd put Jack Hughes uh, in the top echelon of this. I'm not sure if he will go in the top five. I'm just saying you wouldn't be upset if you did it. I think it's a long-term play, but he's definitely a top 10 draft pick as far as centers go. And as far as just overall players go, I, I think he's really coming to his own. So I think I like Hughes a lot and I'm really sad that nobody betrayed me him last year. <laughs> yeah, um, I would take him in a like just a single season league. I would take him right around the 9, 10, 11 mark. That's where I'd be pretty comfortable taking him in a keeper league, probably top five, maybe six. Um, he's obviously super young. He has a wicked offense in New Jersey to play with. And yeah, I just think that he is, if he's not already in the top five centers, he's going to be very soon. Yeah, he's a franchise center position. So if you're in one of those keeper dynasty leagues, he's a pick before somebody else does because he's going to be scoring boatloads of points for you for the next 10 years. Yeah. All right. With those out of the way, those are the obvious picks. I kind of have my next tier, which are just, you know, top end players. We're looking at picks between maybe 8 to 20 to 25 that you would be grabbing uh, one of these centers. I have a bunch on my list. Give me one from yours. Uh, I'm going to go with the hometown guy, Tim Stutzel. Um, obviously, I, as an Ottawa writer and follower of the team, they are super lucky to have him. He broke 90 points last year in his third year in the NHL. He was 20 entering that season. Um, and he's just, he has been eager for playoffs over the past few weeks. There's been a lot of like him in the media talking about playoffs. I think he's going to take another step this year, hit the 95 to 100 point mark. Certainly happy taking him in the top 15 players i love stutzla i he's another player that i tried to trade for it wasn't wasn't just last year i tried to trade for him the year before because i was like he's gonna be so so good as soon as he actually just comes into his own and really claims that top center spot for himself and, and he did he ran away with it and playing with the types of players that he does in ottawa is only going to help him you know get more points along the way so I would pick Stutzla somewhere around maybe 12 to 15 would probably be my comfortability mark for for him. Uh, but you're still getting that top end. I don't know if you would put a franchise center label on him, but I would say high-end elite center as far as your keeper and dynasty leagues go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, while we're talking about hometown people, uh, I'll, I'll jump into mine. I'll throw, I'll throw Tage Thompson on that list. He has done nothing but progress since he was given that top center spot. Started with 38 goals previous year. And last year he put up 47 goals and is just short, uh, just shy of that 50 goal and hundred point mark. I think he'll push both of those this year. I'm not sure if he'll reach it. He might pull the Jack Hughes and pull up at 99 and it might, anger him enough that maybe he'll do 100 points the following year but you know you never know with Thompson you get goals and you get a decent amount of assists with it he's usually pretty split down the middle so he would be a maybe 16 17th overall type pick to me yeah and like I I would say him and Stutzel are pretty interchangeable um coming into this season again like if you're just looking at this season um and you didn't even mention the 
300 shots that he had last year. And I believe he came fifth in the league in shots with that. Um, and it was like, that's incredibly valuable um, on top of his um, almost 50 goals, almost 50 assists. And I think he's going to come in right around the same point total, um, same goal total, like you said, just maybe take another half step up and push that 100 points. Um, I believe he finished 94 with 47 goals, 47 assists. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think he might be able to add another goal or two and assist or two um, and just kind of take that little half step or even quarter step up. I think you're just looking at the consistency. He's probably going to be that 43 to maybe 48 goal scorer, and then he'll push 50 a couple of times type deal. Uh, yeah. But he's a goal scorer first as opposed to Stutzla, which is a bit more of that, you know, kind of split playmaking to goal scoring style. Yeah. Uh, give me another one from yours. Uh, so outside of the top five that we talked about, um, I, the next one I would take, I would take him above Stutzla or Thompson, um, mm-hmm. would be Elias Pettersson. He's probably going to have a monster year this year looking for a contract. Uh, he is incredible defensively, which depending on your league might translate to some points, but he's also like hundred point plus player. And like I said, he's coming into a huge year. Uh, he's going to have some great line mates to play with. And I just, I think he's incredibly valuable and you'd be lucky to take him. I would take him right around that 10 mark, maybe a little bit lower depending on again, what you're drafting, how you're drafting, but right around 10, 11, I would take him. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with the positioning. To me, he's like 10, 11, 12 as far as that pick goes because he's got that offensive upside. He really is the driving force behind a lot of that uh, Vancouver offense. Uh, Besides, uh, obviously, Kuzmenko and his upseat shooting percentage we talked about. (laughs) But that's a completely different story. But yeah, Pedersen, top 10, 11, 12. Um, if, If I were to take somebody slightly ahead of him, uh, maybe at nine or ten, depending on where he would go. Me, for me, it would be Braden Point. I think being on Tampa and having the weapons that he does, and considering how much he plays with Kucherov, I think that's just duo that you're not really going to be able to stop. And I think Point really showed he's not just you know the guy who's behind Stamkos. He's really the guy that is replacing Stamkos. He, he scored fifty goals. Like, yeah, it was ridiculous. He's not going to be your, you know, get a bunch of hits, block a bunch of shots center, but he's pure point scoring center. And I, I would pick him nine, 10. Uh, so slightly above Pedersen for me. That's, that's my opinion though. Yeah. I think right around, right around the mark that we talked about with Stutzel is where I would take, like, I wouldn't take him above Pedersen, but I can't even like, I don't have a valid argument for that. It's just my preference would go towards Pedersen. Um, but, like, yeah, he's incredibly underrated. He might have, like, one of the quietest 50-goal seasons in recent memory. Uh, like, I feel like nobody talked about that. Um, but, yeah, like, you hit the nail on the head. He's he's not just the guy that plays behind Stamkos anymore. I, I just think he's underrated considering what he offers uh, as far as fantasy is concerned. So don't sleep on him in your top 10, 15 if people uh, are otherwise. Uh, give me another one from yours. So if we're talking keeper league, I kind of have two questions for you here. In the yeah, keeper, throw me. where are you taking him? And in a single season league, where are you taking him? Connor Bedard. In a keeper league or a redraft? Um, redraft, I wouldn't be taking him in my top echelon of players. Uh, I would probably be comfortable taking him maybe around the 
45, maybe 50 mark at the very, very highest. Because I just think there's other players that show enough consistently, especially it, it really depends on how long your draft is. Because if you're in a 10-person league, you know, 50, you're talking about fifth round. That I think that's a reasonable spot to be picking up Connor Bedard because, you know, in a redraft, you're still going to be wanting points, but you're going to want to be wanting players that kind of round up your lineup at that point. If you're in a keeper league, I think it justifies taking him a little bit higher because you're banking on his potential more than you're banking on his production this year, which very well could be fantastic. He could just decide to throw up 75, 82 points. But my opinion is he's going to drop maybe 58 to about 65 points uh, just because he's not really surrounded by a whole bunch of weapons uh, in uh, Chicago just yet. So Dynasty Keeper League, I would say justifiably you'd be picking them in your top probably 30, 40 players uh, at the very highest, and that's that's based off potential alone. Okay, so I'm, I'm actually – that's interesting. I would take him higher than that in a Keeper League, um, obviously based on potential. Um, probably around the 20 to 25, I would be comfortable taking him mm-hmm. um, just because there's so much hype around him. Obviously, that could still come back to bite you. He might pan out to be – a fantastic 100-point player, but not the 130-point player, 140-point player, like the comparisons to McDavid that he's getting. Um, mm. But yeah, so it's it's certainly interesting. I just wanted to throw that name out there while we're talking about these high-end guys, and especially yeah. for the league where, where you might think of taking them, because we don't really have them on our list for anywhere else. So, Well, because it, it's harder to place them because you don't know what is this player going to be. Even right. when uh, you go back uh, towards when 2015 started, People were definitely hyping on McDavid. They turned out to be right, but there's no guarantee that everybody was going to be right. There were people during that year were like, well, getting Jack Eichel just behind that isn't too much, you know, worse than getting McDavid. And he's not even close to him as far as point totals go or as far as fantasy goes. So people who were super high on Eichel at that point in fantasy are probably regretting that decision a little bit comparatively when they could have grabbed somebody a little bit more high end. And consistent so it's it's that gamble are you willing to take it or are you willing to be like all right this is a tank year for me i can yeah. use my high picks to draft these young potential players and pray they pan out so it's yeah. it's just based off of what strategy you want to do yeah no i i completely agree all right uh let me throw one of my personal favorites because i get him every single year and I absolutely love what he does. Mika Zibanejad. I think okay. he's one of my most consistent fantasy performers over the past probably four or five years almost. And I love having him just because he he plays so well in that pairing with Panarin. And even if he's not playing with Panarin, he's still running that top unit and the top power play unit he doesn't need anybody else to score for him. He doesn't need somebody to finish chances. He does it himself. And he's always been that consistent point per game or better type center. And I think he's just continuing to get better as, excuse me, the Rangers get, uh, continue to get better. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm a huge fan of Zibanejad. Um, he's good. He's good for 35 goals, 80 points. Like that's going to be his average year. Um, he can definitely take a step up, and the Rangers are hoping that he takes takes that step up this year. Um, it has just a huge year. They're looking to 
do some great things. There's so much forward depth on the Rangers that who knows who he's going to play with. Obviously, it really works with Panarin, and that's the expectation. But you never know. Those lines could get jumbled a little bit. Uh, they have a new coach coming in. Um, and, yeah, I just think that he, no matter who he's going to play with, he's going to do fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I've always just really enjoyed having him on the team because it's it's the consistency. And I've always preached that throughout every single show that I've talked about. It's just I like consistency on my fantasy roster. And he's not somebody I would justify taking in your top 15. But I'd say 18, 19, 20 would be yeah. a good spot to be grabbing somebody like him to really be your top center option, regardless of the type of league you're in. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I got a few more. Uh, give me one of yours. Uh, I'm going to go with Sebastian Ajo. Uh, he, Love it. He's not going to have the point totals that a lot of people kind of expect out of him. Um, he could hit that point a game mark and be perfectly fine. Um, but he also could be down like towards 70. Uh, but like he's going to get a ton of shots. His face-offs are great. Um, and if, if again, you have a league that has defensive metrics that kind of give you a couple bonus points, I'm like even plus minus, he's going to do, he's going to do wonders in those categories. Um, but again, like he certainly could be a 35 goal, 35 assist kind of guy. Um, like that consistency, that consistency that you were talking about, he's always going to be good for 70 points, 65 points. Um, but definitely has the potential in him to take that huge step any day now, um, and hit that 90, 95. I don't think anybody would be surprised to see him challenge 100 points. Yeah, I, I always wanted Aho, but I've never been able to get anybody to actually give me him or trade me him otherwise. Because yeah. uh, you're right, he's just that embodiment of consistency. Split down the middle, good defensive metrics across the board, a lot of face-off wins. He gets a good amount of shots, so he's that good rounded center that will yeah. really perform super well for you in a fantasy league, regardless of the type of... You know, if you're in a category or if you're in a points league, he he puts up everything that you want uh, down the middle. He, for me, as far as picking him, would probably be in that same category as Sabanajad, 18, 19, 20, maybe as low as like 22. But I wouldn't drop too much lower than that as far as like what number he would be picked at because he's he's got all that high-end skill up front. Right, exactly. Somebody I kind of... Uh, it's a bit tantalizing to talk about just for the sake of, you know, I'm a Buffalo fan. But still, I love having him in fantasy. I already mentioned him. Uh, it's going to be Jack Eichel. He was fantastic during the playoffs, so maybe he can translate that to some regular season success. Not that he hasn't had regular season success, um, but, you know, after coming back from his neck surgery, he's been kind of iffy as far as the fantasy uh aspect goes just because his scoring hasn't been nearly as consistent as it was prior to that so I think this might be the year that he kind of makes that turn and really you know gets back to being the the Jack Eichel that people were expecting when uh, he showed up in Vegas so as far as picking him maybe as high as like 16 17 but I wouldn't go much higher than that on the low end, if you don't believe he's going to be that same exact type, or if you don't believe he's going to be better than last year, you'd probably be looking at 22, 23, 24. Yeah. And I'm in that like 20, just, just above the 25 mark. Um, I'm, I'm right around there. Um, I do think that he's going to take that step forward this year. Um, this will be, so last year was his first full year uninjured mm-hmm. since the neck injury, because 
he came after his surgery and he had a broken thumb for the last, what was it? 20 games of the season. Um, his first year in Vegas. Then last year was his first full year, um, healthy after so long. So he had an adjustment period, completely justifiable. Um, this year, most likely, like you said, going to take that turn, take that step forward, but I need to see that first. Um, I'm very confident in it, but for fantasy, I'm going to want to see that before I take him. Yeah, just it, it's he's slightly ranked higher for me just for the sake of I've watched him in Buffalo. I know what he can do when he's healthy and me believing that he can do way better when he's healthy. I'm more inclined to take him uh, in my fantasy leagues based off of that. That's just a personal thing more than anything else. Uh, I got one more on my list. Give me one more from yours. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to take the last one on your list, actually. Uh, Rupe Hint. Okay, we'll just discuss them then. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been wanting to go with Rupe Hint, um for a couple of these picks now. Um, but he's just all the same things that we said about Aho. you can say about Hintz. Like, he's just so perfectly well-rounded um, and does some great things in fantasy, too. Like, he's not going to get quite as many shots as, um, as Aho, um, but still going to be right around that. 35 goal, 35 assists, um, probably push point a game and just do all the right things that you need for your fantasy. And like we, like you said, with Aho, super well-rounded and he's going to do all the things that you need for your fantasy team. Yeah. He, he really burst onto the, onto the scene at one point. And I remember paying attention to him a lot last year because I was just like, he's actually really good. Cause, cause prior to that, he, Played a few seasons uh, with Dallas. I'm looking at his stats now. Uh, he had 58 games played his rookie year, 22 points. He jumped it up a little bit the next year, 60 games played, 33 points, 19 goals. And it's like, okay. But he's playing that third-line role. He was right around 14 minutes. And then 2020-21, he jumped up. He's playing first-line minutes. 41 games played, he had 43 points. A lot more reason to pay attention to him. Then 21-22, he's sitting at 72 points in 80 games. And then last year, he's putting up 73 games played, 75 points, and he's just short of that 40 goal mark. He also had 52% on his faceoff, so he's winning a lot of draws. He's got good shooting stats, decent amount of shots. Like you said, it's not you know lighting it up. He's right around that 200 mark, but his shooting percentage is right around 15.5, maybe 16%. So you're not going to be going wrong with somebody like that, especially when you play with Robertson. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I I like him as far as where to take him. I'd say right on that 20 mark. It's just what I'm feeling like right at 20. I I feel like it's just a good spot because he still, he fills fills the top line center role and he does everything you want. So that's, that's, that's kind of my round out for, uh, the high-end centers. Anybody else want to throw on the pile here? I do. Now that we were talking about Hintz, another name popped into my mind, and I'm going to go with go Nico Heischer. Um, okay. And I, I would take Heischer above Hintz. Um, he has higher offense, right around the same offense, but I think he might be able to take that next step um, quicker than Hintz will. Um, and the defensive metrics, like the face-off and all that kind of stuff, they're all pretty well the same. Maybe the edge goes to Heischer. Um, but if we're taking hints at, at 20, then I, I'll take Heischer at 18, 19. Like it's just barely above them. Um, very, very similar players. I think hints is going to get you more goals, um, but the point total is going to be right around the same. Um, he sure will get you more shots though, which is interesting because he's not going to score as many goals. 
Um, but yeah, so I, I think Hintz was around 175 shots last year, and Heischer was at about 250. So he's going to get you a significant amount more amount of shots. But yeah. Yeah, I, I like Heischer. I think he just gets overshadowed by Hughes a little bit because of the, the point scoring aspect and the you know superstar factor because he's the personality that is Jack Hughes. Um, but I would say don't sleep on Heischer. He he was almost on the next category that we're going to talk about uh, yeah. for me, but I was like, he's he's better than all of these players. He's much more high end. So he's like in between, you know, that, you know, sneaky good, but also just is straight up good type pick. So don't, don't be afraid to grab Heischer at the high portions of your draft. For me, he'd probably be my 25th or 26th pick as far as just the number goes. Uh, and, and you're not going to be disappointed, but you know, I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't take him at 20 instead of hence and be, you know, disappointed with it. Cause he's still that top line center basically in, uh, in New Jersey as Hughes is just the superstar factor and flying past everybody. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we go into anything else real quick, here is a message from the hockey writers. Interested in writing for the Hockey Raiders? If you have experience writing about hockey, are passionate about the sport, and are looking to take your writing to the next level, the Hockey Raiders could be the place for you. Here at THW, you will have the opportunity to hone your craft at one of the world's largest and most respected hockey publishers. You will have control over what you write, be able to seek out media credentials, and be supported by a large network of writers and editors. Plus, you'll get paid for doing it. If you're interested and want to know more about team openings and requirements, please visit the Write for THW page on the Hockey Raiders website. A link to that page is also listed in the description all right everybody we are back uh next category we're going to jump into is the what i call sneaky good picks players are kind of fly under the radar or ones that people might not otherwise think to take as high as some other people would uh, in their drafts but still have a lot of fantasy value for a multitude of reasons uh i have five players on here uh give me one from yours uh, it, I don't know how sneaky it is, uh, but Anze Kopitar, I think okay. a lot of people look at him, um, and we were actually talking about him right before we started recording. Um, a lot of people think of him now as like kind of getting older and slowing down a bit, which he is slowing down a little bit, but he's still mm-hmm. like 65 to 75 points, maybe even pushing point a game. Um, who knows? Um, but like, he still has that offense. He still has that defensive capabilities, um and he just he does all the right things and like i said with these two-way centers a lot of the same things can be said um he's just such a perfect well-rounded player for fantasy and you might want to take him closer to 35 but he's still he's still pretty pretty far up there on the list yeah kopitar people are probably sleeping on him uh also because now dubois in town so they probably assume he's just going to take over that spot but i don't necessarily mean or think that him showing up there means that Kopitar is going to be uh, the two center. I think it's still his team. I still think it is him that's going to it maybe not lead the team in points, um, but he'll be challenging for it. If he's not number one, he's definitely going to be number two. So yeah. I'm not sure if I would take Kopitar that high uh, in my keeper leagues. Um yeah just because of the age factor. But if you're doing redraft, I'd say, you know, that, that 30 something spot is good for keeper leagues. He'd probably be closer to that, you know, 55, 60 mark. Cause then you're still getting somebody really, really good to round out your team. 
uh, without sacrificing too much uh, as far as your youth goes. But you know, I I like Kopitar as a you're right. It's not sneaky, sneaky, but it's it's maybe just flying a little bit more under the radar comparative to what he normally would be. Uh, one for me, uh, top of my list every single year, I keep trying to get him and he always is a great fantasy performer for me, uh, is, uh, Vinny Trocek. Just constantly, he's good face-off guy. He's always good at scoring points. Uh, he's usually split fairly down the middle between his goals and assists, but I, I always just find he has great fantasy value. He also gets a good amount of, uh, power play points as well, but he's never that top center guy but he's always a good two three center and he's consistently scoring points he's never that you know 82 point guy but he's always in that 55 60 something range and i love players like that to kind of fill through the rest of my lineup he wouldn't be a top you know 40 pick maybe 50 at the very highest but he's more of a grab him in the maybe 60, 70 range, depending on how much, how many centers you have up to that point. If you haven't filled out your center spots, then you should be taking him maybe in that 60, 55 range. If you have, you could take him a little bit lower if nobody has already. Yeah. And one thing that you didn't mention is his hits as well. Like he's nearing 200 hits a season. I think Um, he's at, at least above 150, um, he's good for, like you said, 60 points. And an underrated part is that this year he's probably going to be playing with Blake Wheeler, who still has a lot of offense in his game. Uh, he's definitely slowed down a lot. So the the plus minus might impact if that's if it has much value in your league. Um, but yeah, like you said, Trotek is just really, really solid. Um, great second line center, uh, 25 goals, 60 points. That's pretty realistic output from him. Um, a lot of shots, a lot of hits. Does just does a lot of things right. Yeah, it's 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 that coverage that I really just enjoy. Uh, yeah. Before I keep going on about him, uh, give me one of yours. I'm gonna go with Joel Eriksson. Um, Love it. I don't I don't know how he is. Proje- I think he's injured right now, but I don't think it's supposed to be long term. I could be wrong about that. Um, it's supposed to be after the first month, and that's it. Yeah, and so he might fall a little bit deeper in your draft than some other players might. Um, but let, same things as Trotech. He does about 60 points, 25 goals. Um, he's going to get a good amount of hits, I believe. I believe he's a pretty physical player. A lot of them are in Minnesota, too. Um, and, yeah, like there's not even much to say about him. He's just same things as Trocek. He's really well-rounded and, like you said, with the coverage. Yeah, he went from that, like, you know, maybe mid-tier, two-way forward type of player to really jumping in and being a big physical kind of power forward style center now. Yeah. So I, I like the way he adapted his game and it really changed the fantasy outlook on a player like him. So yeah. d- don't shy away just because he might be injured uh, to start the year. He could be good to go. We'll, we'll find out ultimately once, you know, preseason starts and all of that, but you know, I, I wouldn't stray away from taking him in your top. I'd say even 40, 45, just because he has good amount of coverage on all sides from hits to scoring and playing with Kaprizov is never going to help or is never going to hurt you um, yeah. or Boldy for that matter, it, whichever one or both, if they decide to put them all in the same yeah. line. 
right. Uh, another one for me, bit of uh, an underrated uh, player, if you ask me, as far as uh, his fantasy performance goes, might not have gotten as much attention as he should have. Uh, Marty Natchez. I think a lot of – I don't know how to phrase this other than two seasons ago he was projected to kind of break out and do super, super well. And then he did okay. So I feel like people slept on him a lot in in uh, last season, and then he really just kind of developed his game and kind of rocketed up, and his point totals really went up to where people were expecting it to the previous year. I think he'll be around, you know, that similar uh, point scoring mark. I think he's going to be good for, you know, that 68 to maybe 75 points. Obviously, he could go higher, but being in that – position that he is in Carolina I really see him as more of that point scoring second uh, line center and I wouldn't I wouldn't be uncomfortable taking him in my top maybe 38 to 45 uh, I, I like his game he's not overly physical he's a pure point scoring forward uh, but you're going to get a lot out of a player like that yeah he takes a ton of shots too um, I think he scored just shy of 30 goals last year. It was like 29 or 28. Um, and he is most likely going to be playing this year on the right wing on the second line, but he is listed as a center on all the fantasy boards. Um, so taking him and he's probably going to be playing with uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi as the second line center. And I think a lot of his seasonal success is going to come based off of if Kotkaniemi can have that offensive success as well. Um, and I don't think we're going to talk about um, Kotkaniemi today, but he is worth kind of just mentioning really quickly that if he has mm-hmm. a big breakout year offensively, obviously he's great defensively. Everybody kind of knows that now, but if he does have that big offensive step, Marty Nikish could go from the 70 point mark to maybe even 85 points. If he gets some extra help on that line, um, probably going to be playing with Michael Bunting on the left side too. So there's some offense as well. Um, it, Really, there's so many options that he could play with, but there's so much offense in that whole Carolina forward group that it's so balanced out. I do feel like uh, Nikish scored almost every single game-winning goal last year. That's kind of what it felt like, which uh, I, I, do know that that, I do know that a lot of leagues have that stat. So he is a really clutch player, and I think he – I don't know. I don't know the exact number, but it felt like – I every, found it. How many did He's he have? He's got uh, only five. All right. Well, twenty-eight goals, uh, five game-winning goals. Four of them were he had four overtime goals. Yeah. So, so you might have just remembered him scoring a bunch of the overtime goals for Carolina. Yeah, four it, OT goals is is nuts. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. It, that's a really good. And I do know that like a lot of the game tying goals to send the game to overtime, he scored some very clutch goals late in the game. Obviously, don't those don't hold the game-winning goals, but like he's just a really clutch player and. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of him. Yeah, he had 240 shots last year, up from 159 in 21-22. Uh, yeah. He played a full season, 82 games, 28 goals, 43 assists, 71 points. Uh, 26 power play points, which is another great thing to throw on there. Not great in the faceoff dot. Uh, he's sitting somewhere around 40-something percent uh, for his overall faceoff percentage, so don't look to him for that. Like I said, he's a pure point scoring defenseman or not defenseman point scoring center <laughs> yeah point scoring defenseman from the middle 
right off yeah. the face off bat, clearly. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Point scoring center more than anything else. So you, yeah. you're not going to be looking for peripherals from somebody like him. Yeah. Uh, I still got a couple more. Give me one of yours. Uh, the last one that I really got on my list. Uh, no, I have two more. I'll, I'll go with Adrian Kempe first. I feel like somehow he's oh, still Kempe. a great um, yeah, I love him. I think we talked about him last week, maybe. Um, he came up I think we called... talked about him on the right wingers, but he plays both. So he does can, play you both. Can, you can um, roster him in both. Yeah, and I'll just, like, go listen to last week's episode to really hear about him. But, like, 40 goal guys, 70 points. He's going to be pretty well-rounded. But, yeah, if you want to hear all of our thoughts on him, go listen to last week. Who do you have next? Yeah, uh, I have... I'll throw my home pick in here. Dylan Cousins. Yeah. He's slated to play that number two center spot. Uh, I I don't think he'll overtake Thompson for the number one, but he still does all the right things. Kind of like Trocek does uh, for for the Rangers. He's that, you know, split point scorer. He had 63 points last year. I think he'll stay around that maybe high 60s, low 70s as far as the point totals go. He could hit the 80-something point mark, depending on how much Buffalo's offense decides to, you know, just rail through everybody as they pretend to play defense. But as far as his scoring goes, it's going to be fairly consistent. But he also gets a good amount of face-off wins. He's been fairly good. He's right around that 50% mark. He's just below it at like 49 points something. So as a young player, he's – younger than 23 so he's just going to keep getting better he's one of those dynasty players that you'll grab probably in your you know 40s 50s 60s depending on what everybody else wants but he also throws hits not a super ridiculous amount because buffalo hasn't been a physical team but as things kind of adjust there he's still going to be a good overall center and he's a good two-way center so he's going to have that consistent scoring and peripheral coverage yeah, no, I completely agree. He's he's just the perfect second line center. There's like no knocks to his game. He does everything right. Um, and if like you said, if he can really take that jump offensively, then he's going to become super valuable for fantasy. Yeah, and not to mention, I, I know I kind of leave this out sometimes when it comes to some fantasy leagues. If you're in a cap based league, he's one yeah. of those centers that provides even more value that way because he's just over $7 million as far as his cap hit goes. So high value center, low cap hit that bridges that gap. And he might, it might make you want to take him just a little bit higher than some of these other centers who are in that nine, $10 million range. uh, And he's going to give you similar value. Uh, I have uh, still a couple more. Anybody else you want to throw in? The last one that I got, and I'd love to say Josh Norris, but I don't, I don't think I can put him in here after that season, after missing all of last year. Um, so I'll go with, um, I, I, I can almost put this player in hit or miss that we're going to talk about, but I'm going to go with Nazem Kadri. He's definitely okay. better years than last year. Not going to be quite as good as two years ago um, or seasons ago. Sorry. Um, and so, yeah, like two seasons ago, he had 87 points last year. He had 59 or something like that. He's going to land somewhere in the middle with a new coach. Uh, I don't think he it did super great. well under I'll pull it up. What, sorry, what was that? I, I'm pulling him up. Sorry, I'm t- talking to okay. myself. Um, I, d- I don't think he's going to have as down of a season, but he's definitely not going to hit that 87, 85 points wherever he was at. Um, but like 72 points, that's completely reasonable for him. 
He's going to be the second line center on Calgary. They have a ton of offense on that team. And now if they have a new coach, they're kind of going to be able to tap into that offense. Obviously they traded to Foley. I'm a huge fan of Sharon Govich, but he's not mm-hmm. to Foley. Um, so yeah, I like, I just think Kadri is going to be able to really step up in Calgary this year and under the new coach have a great year. Yeah. Last year, it was his highest shot totals of his career, 267. So he's shooting a lot. Um, managed 24 goals, 32 assists. He had 56 points, uh, 19 power play points. So he he was still producing, but I think it was just a matter of the effect of that just bad Calgary offense that was kind of just plaguing them throughout the whole year. I, I think you're right. It's kind of that sneaky good, maybe hit or miss, just it, like right in between that spot. Uh, if you were to pick him, where where would you take him in your draft? This is tough. Keeper league draft. Keeper league. In a keeper league, I would say right around the sixty-five to seventy, probably. Um, okay. Right around there, and honestly, in just a a single season draft, I would probably maybe the fifty-five sixty. Um, obviously, it all depends on how many players or how many teams you have drafting and how you're drafting so far. But right around the anywhere from 50 to 65, I'd be comfortable regardless of what kind of draft that you have. Yeah, I'd be sitting probably in that 70, maybe 75 range just because his career stats show he's right around a 60-something point player. So he yeah. still has all of that. Uh, gets a decent amount of penalty minutes. He's, you know, solid on his faceoffs. He's sitting right around 50%. So good coverage there. He's just above it. It's like 50.3-something, I think. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's... It's solid, but he he does get a little streaky at times. So that that's that's my personal issue where I would drop him just a little bit lower than maybe yours. Uh, but that, again, that's that's personal preference more than anything else. Yeah, because he does also uh, play. He'll get no, it's a year. So yeah, yeah. He he's he's just he's good peripheral coverage across the board, but he's never been that, you know light the lamp every single time except for that one year in yeah. uh Colorado. But the rest of the year he's just been a really good center. Yeah. Uh I'll do one more for my list because he's he kind of ties into the other one. Uh I want to throw uh Maddie Beneers into the conversation. Yeah. I know he had a very average year as far as centers go, but he had a very good year as far as rookies go. So I think jumping into his year two, he's going to get a little bit more of an opportunity to step up and play a bigger role. I think that'll translate to his points. I think that'll translate to his face-off percentage. I think that'll translate to a little bit more physicality. I think that'll give him a couple more block shots with more opportunity and more ice time. So I think it's just going to go up as far as his numbers are concerned based off of just progression and development. So I think he might be slept on from his you know, middling stats. He didn't crack the 60 point mark. Yeah. But I think he'll be pushing 67 to maybe 70 points this year. Uh, I don't know if he'll be leading Seattle in points or anything, but it's like we said before, if one of them has 70 points, then the rest of them are going to have 70 points because they all scored the same amount of points. Right. But it's just a matter of which one you want to grab. I think Beneers is a better long-term play because they'll probably try and lock him up. Uh, to some stupid low contract, uh, maybe for that $8 million mark uh, or 
maybe nine, depending on how much he really develops. Uh, so long-term for your salary cap leagues, he might be worth uh, picking up in a year or so. But for your redrafts, I'd be comfortable in that, you know, 66 to maybe 72 range. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And like we talked about with Jared McCann last week, um, Seattle's always going to have that one guy that really steps up for offense. And I definitely see that being veneers this year. Um, probably going to hit that 35 goals and probably 40 assists, hit that 75 point mark. That's kind of what I would predict. Um, does all the right things. He had about 150 shots last year. Pr- pretty impressive season. Um, obviously, a decent season for a center, but fantastic for a rookie. And he's still growing on that. Um, I do think that he's going to keep, keep building off that. Obviously, he's still young. So, yeah, he's definitely great to take, especially in a keeper league. Definitely worth taking high. And by high, I mean in a keeper league, I would say around the 55. Um, yeah. And then in just a regular uh, one season, I would say 65, like not mu- not too much lower. Um, I do think that he can have a pretty big year. So My other hot take is I still think he will maintain a top center spot over Shane Wright, even when they're both developed. Is that a hot take? I think he will. I, I, strongly, I don't know. I just, strongly... just based, based off of potential, you could probably say that Wright should overtake him. Yeah, that's fair. But my, I, it's, it's a quote-unquote hot take, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I do have one other player I kind of want to throw in yeah. there. Uh, and I'm going to go with a rookie. We already okay. talked about Bedard. Um, I'm going to go with Logan Cooley. I think that he is going to have a pretty big season on Arizona. I'll give you my hot take for the season. Arizona yeah. is top 10 in the West. Ooh, I like that. I don't I don't have any reason to disagree with you. I love Arizona's prospect system and the yeah. team that they are building. And I absolutely adore Vimalka as a goaltender, both for fantasy and just as a player. So yeah. I think Arizona is just a sneaky team this year. Yeah, I agree. And he's going to be that second line center. Um, I don't know exactly what their lines project to be, but they have some pretty good wingers that he'll probably end up playing with. Um, and like Arizona is very quietly a pretty decent team. Like he might be playing with uh, Jason Zucker, who scored 27 goals last year. Matias Michelli, who had a fantastic rookie season. Dylan Gunther, who's going to be a great rookie. Uh, maybe even Clayton Keller. Like there's so many wingers he can play with and just do excellent. Who's another kid? Hayden, right? Barrett Hayden? Barrett Hayden. Yeah, he'll he'll be the first line center, but. Cooley could take that. I think Cooley could. I think Cooley might take it. I think it'll depend on training camp. Maybe not right off the bat, uh, but I bet you I bet you he overtakes him by December if yeah. he really oh. pops off like he should. Is Nick Schmaltz center or wing? I know he plays both. Uh, he plays both, but he mostly plays center. I, I think he was, a, he was the two center for a while. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see how the, that shapes out. But if Logan Schmaltz is another a- sneaky pick. He, he also is, yes. Um, but yeah, have to see how their lineup shakes out. And if he's near the top of the lineup, I think he's a fantastic pick around the, again, around the anywhere from 65 to 80, wherever you're comfortable. Um, could be a great pick for you. Yeah, the moral of this story is don't sleep on Arizona this year. Just because they were bad and just because they have been bad doesn't mean that they will be this year. Yeah. They, there's a lot to like about Arizona. So don't sleep on them in fantasy just because. Uh, of recency bias more than anything else. Yeah. All right. Let's drop into our second list category. We got hit or miss players. I only have a handful here. 
Uh, should be pretty quick just because they're, they're kind of similar in the reasons that they're hit or miss. Uh, I want to start off and talk about probably one of the bigger names on my list, Nick Backstrom for the Capitals. Yeah, Can he stay healthy? Because if he does, the man is an assist machine. Yeah. Is getting up there in age. Not really worth a top pick. He'd probably be somewhere around the 100 mark, maybe slightly lower as far as an actual draft pick is concerned. But that is if you believe he can stay healthy. Yeah. Is he... He had the hip surgery. Is he back full time? I believe they said he was recovered. The last I checked, he is not currently listed on uh, injuries uh, for uh, fantasy rosters. Okay, so I yeah, I wasn't too sure. Um, but yeah, if if he can stay healthy, even then, like fifty five points, maybe he's definitely getting up there in age. Um, I don't think his game ages nearly as well as Ovechkin's. Um, so yeah, like. Yeah, hit or miss definitely falls under his health. Um, but even if he hits, I think he's only 55, 60 points at the most. And he's the assist machine. He's not really much of a goal right. scorer. He never has been. But it's going to be, can he get that chemistry back? Will he play with Ovechkin? Can the two of them you know, feed off each other and still play at a high-end level? Or will he fall down the lineup to maybe that two or maybe even three center spot, depending on uh, if the other two, because I I do have other uh, capital centers. I'll kind of segue into my other one, Dylan Strom. I think he's more of a hit candidate than a miss candidate, especially if he is playing on that top line and getting the minutes that he showed that he deserves. Because he had a really good year last year. And I think he really earned his position. I wouldn't be uncomfortable taking him in the top 80. I, I like where he fits in the capital system. I like his overall play. He doesn't need somebody to feed for goals because he can still score on himself. And he's finally, he's not really living up to that third overall hype from 2015, but nobody's going to live up to being third overall when Connor McDavid went first. So it's completely impossible. But for what he's become, he's still a good hockey player. And I think he's still a good center especially as far as fantasy is concerned decent split decent face-offs decent blocks and i like him as a player but i think he's more of a hit than a miss candidate right and i think name value might hurt him a little bit just because if everybody on the capitals is healthy he's probably going to be playing behind kuznetsov and backstrom Mm -hmm. so he might be down in the third line center spot that could lead to a i guess what we're using the terminology of miss of a season um but if he does, like if Backstrom, like we mentioned, can't stay healthy um, and Strom is up in the second line spot playing with some good wingers, uh, 60 points is perfectly within reason, um, does all those well-rounded things that we've talked about. Um, and yeah, like I'm a huge fan of him and I think he can have a good year. Uh, throw me one from yours. I only got a couple left on mine. This was hard. I'm going to go with Horvat. We talked about him right before we started okay. recording. Decided to save our conversation. Um, he's on our list here. But it's just a matter of how is he going to fit into the New York Islanders. He's been a relatively consistent player. Um, so him as a player isn't necessarily the hit or miss for me. But it's him fitting in on the Islanders that leads to him being on this list. Um, obviously, they just even though they changed coaches, uh, they still have that defensive system that they're just it's in their blood in New York. Um, and yeah, I think that Bo Horvat is, has the potential to do really, really well there. Um, and that'll actually 
tie in another Islander center that we kind of talked about. Mm-hmm. And I'll mention Matt Barzell as well. And all the same okay. things. He's an assist machine. Uh, he's going to score anywhere. Like his missed season is going to be 70 points. But if you're drafting him for a 95 point season, it, it could happen, but it's just as likely as a 70 point season. Yeah. If, so if you're going to pick between the two, who do you take higher? I'm definitely taking Barzal higher. Um, okay. And w- w- which is challenging to really say with confidence because he's not going to score nearly as many goals as Horvat if they both have good years. Uh, but he has done better in that Islander system than Horvat showed that he could do last year. See, I would be on the opposite end of the spectrum. I would go Horvat over Barzal just because of the type of player that he is. And if he hits, because we're talking hit or miss here. If he hits, I think he has a higher fantasy potential than Barzal does because assists, while great, you're only covering one category if you're in a category league. And assists usually aren't worth a whole lot in points leagues either. Horvat wins draws. Those will always get you points. He gets a decent amount of blocks. Those will get you points. He scores goals, and those are always worth more. So I think as far as a hit versus miss, I would personally take Horvat over Barzal between the two. Yeah, yep, that's fair. Uh, Here's one I I think might be a hot topic of discussion. We're talking about the Bruins center since Bergeron and Krejci are both gone. I want to talk about Pavel Zaka. I have liked him as a player, since he got drafted, and I've constantly been like, just give him the opportunity. He can do it. He's a darn good center, and he's a darn good player. I think this will be his year to be like, I can step up and be that top-line center that I could be, that I could have been when I was drafted. Yeah. And I really, really think he has not only the opportunity, but I think he has the skill to pull it off. Will he be at 80-something points? No, probably not. But I think you're looking at a high end of about 70 and a low end of about 62. So it's not a huge spread as far as what's a hit or a miss. Uh, but if he maintains that top center spot, or even if he's the second line center for whatever reason, I still think he's going to be pushing that 60-something point mark that'll make him worth picking up in fantasy because Boston is still Boston. They're not going to hard drop off into nothing. Their scoring is still going to happen. So you're not going to go wrong. He might get a few points by accident, but I like him, uh, again, as a hit versus a miss candidate. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Stepping into that first line center spot is going to be huge for him. Um, And that's the expectation is that he will be the number one guy. He had over 55 points last year um, playing in the middle six. Sometimes he was the third line center. Sometimes he was on the wing on the second line. Um, and he's probably going to be playing with at least one of Brad Marchand and David Pasternak, which is great for points. Um, and yeah, he just like, he does so many things right and that he's bound for a breakout year anytime now. And like you said, maybe not the 80 points, maybe not the point of game, but anywhere around that 75 points is certainly within reason. I think that that Boston center depth is definitely going to get people to maybe stray away from him. Yeah. But remember, he still might play with Pasternak. If you see him lined up with Pasternak in the preseason, grab him because he's going to start scoring assists by accident. And I'm going to kind of add in another name that pretty well the exact same conversation can be had just with a little bit less offense is Charlie Coyle. Um, Yeah. I just came up. He had 45 points last year. That's 
quite solid. Um, and if he plays in that number one center spot, then just as possible for him to hit that 65-70, maybe instead of as high as um, Pavel Zaka. But yeah, who, who knows who takes over that role and how they fit in. Boyle's also more physical, so he's going to get you more hits on top yeah. of that as well. So if he's playing that top line center spot, you're going to get even more value out of him. I'd still be picking, uh, unless you're seeing a guarantee of he's playing with Pasternak yeah. on the top line, comfortably you're picking him 85, maybe yeah. 80. Uh, all right. I only have one more uh, from this list uh, from Vegas, uh, William Carlson. He's kind of slid down their depth chart a little bit with Eichel being there and with Stevenson being there. Yeah. But he's still a very good center. If he's given the opportunity like they showed that in in his uh in the Vegas inaugural season, is he gonna score 40 goals again? Probably not. No. Right. But you know, if he's put in the right position and if he's given the right line mates, he's gonna be a very productive center for you. And he's a good two-way player as well. He can win draws. He does block shots. He scores not a super ridiculous amount of points, but he can. And if this is such a big if, that's my problem with it, that if he is in the top six and he's with, you know, maybe Riley Smith, uh, he's probably not going to play with Marsha Show. Uh, but if he's playing with Smith and you know, maybe Stone, uh, if if Stevenson's out or something like that, he's worth more of a pickup than you might consider otherwise. Because right now, as far as center depth goes, he's he would be number three, uh, in my opinion, behind uh, Eichel. Because Eichel's probably going to play with Barbashev and Marsha Show uh, based off of their playoff performance. So then Stevenson, uh, Stone, and uh, would it be Smith? On the second, I, I can't remember who's their who their winger is. Riley Smith is a Pittsburgh Penguin. What am I thinking of then? I'm, I'm like <laughs> losing my mind here. Are you thinking of Barbashev? No, I already thought of Barbashev. There's one more. Who? What? Who is the other? Uh, it's killing me. I gotta look this up. <laughs> I I know I know I know I keep saying Smith, but like he's he's the one in my brain. Uh, I am losing my mind. Uh. Throw throw me one of yours while I look this up. Um, that's so tough because they have any left. <laughs> there's so many players that could be a hit or miss. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't have any left, but I'm trying to think of one right here on the spot. Um, I you know what? I'll talk about Josh Norris now. I wanted to talk about him a little bit earlier. Um, he could be a huge hit or miss. He could be. 35 goals, 70 points this year, or he might struggle to come back from that shoulder injury that kept him out all year last year. Um, and like, there's, you have no idea what to expect with him. He's probably going to be playing with, um, he'll be playing with Drake Batherson and either Claude Giroux or Vladimir Tarasenko, probably going to be Giroux because he's, a, they're both goal scorers. If Tarasenko's on that second line. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know what to expect from him. Like losing. Well, apparently I'm like seeing things because I don't I don't know what I was thinking. Either <laughs> way, if you get Carlson and he's in a good position to be, you know, scoring, I'd say he's worth picking up. That that's kind of the point I was trying to make uh, yeah. more than anything else. 
Um, but ignore my uh, random old timer moment for no reason because I couldn't remember a team's roster. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll dip into our uh, last uh, topic uh, before we wrap this up. I don't really have any huge downswing players. I just have a couple that I feel like could have some really, really big upswings based yeah. off of what they did last year, what their recent history has been. Uh, biggest name for me is probably uh, Ryan Johansson. He's going to be that second center in Colorado. And I think being in that type of system is going to benefit a playmaker like him. I think he has that potential to jump up to 70 plus 80 points comparative to what he's been at, which has been not bad, but he can do a lot more with the type of player that he is. And I think being in this type of system is really going to help his game. Yeah, I agree. And if he can, if he can stay healthy and play on that avalanche team as the second line center, like he's going to have a fantastic year. Um, Especially like we talked about earlier with McKinnon's health, if McKinnon goes down a little bit, um, even for that 10, 15 games that he does a lot of the time. Uh, and Johansson steps up and he's playing with Miko Ranton. That's going to be amazing for him, for him and the team because like he's just going to probably fit in super well there. And co- there's something in the water in Colorado and they always make it work somehow. Um, so yeah, I, I think that he's going to have a big year and a lot of players do when they go to Colorado. So if you pick them... Are you comfortable above or below the top 100? That's a really hard line because it's right around. I would say above. I would take him a little bit above. Yeah. Right around 90 or below 90 then? About 92 to 95. I I was kind of in the same boat. My number was 93 to 95. Yeah. I I like him. I I love the potential there. Um, Do you have anybody else that stands out to you or are you going to poach my pick again? Uh, I've only got one, and that's Kirby Doc. Um, okay, how he does on on Montreal is really it's really intriguing to follow because they have uh, Nick Suzuki and Kirby Doc, obviously, but they also have Sean Monahan and Alex Newhook. So those are four centers that could all play in the top six. So I don't know who's going to play where, but if he is that second line center, he might be on the wing. They tried that a lot last year. If he is in center position in the top six, that's going to be fantastic. If he's on the first line with um, Caulfield and Suzuki, even better. He could probably put up 60 points and have a great year. I really like the way he developed last year in Montreal. Yeah, I love Doc as a player. I'll never forget the shock I had on my face when he got traded there. But, you know, he's he's just a really good young player. And there's a lot of potential to score higher there. You mentioned somebody else that kind of caught my brain uh, and I was looking at earlier. You mentioned Sean Monahan. Yeah. He is a fly under the radar player right now because he's definitely not getting nearly as much attention as he was when he was in uh when he was in Calgary as as their top center for a bunch of years. Yeah. But even playing in Montreal right now, he had good stats. Not amazing. He's been injured, but when he's on the ice, he's playing well. And one thing in particular. If you need faceoffs, you should have Sean Monahan. The dude has like a 57% for his faceoff percentage for his career. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I, I need to throw that in there. But I, I'm not going to disagree with Doc uh, as an overall, uh, you know, big upswing potential, uh, especially as far as young players are concerned. 
Yeah. Second one I have on my list uh, to kind of round out uh, is Evgeny Kuznetsov. We're, we're, we're talking about all of the capital centers here because nobody really knows how uh, capitals are going to finish this year. Are they going to be amazing or are they going to be average? Yes, we'll find out. A lot of it seems to be riding on these centers, if you ask me. But as far as fantasy goes, he was probably one of the biggest disappointments last year because he's normally a goal scorer. Kuznetsov is normally that guy that's going to drop you 20-plus, maybe 30 goals, and play in that top center position with Ovechkin, be on the top unit, uh, get a bunch of points left and right. He was more of an assist machine last year, and he didn't really have that much as far as his goal scoring went. I think this year will be his bounce back. I I think he has the potential to do it. And it really is going to come down to, is he going to be given the opportunity or – uh, I I remember earlier in the summer there was talk about him possibly even getting traded. So, you know, if he gets traded to a decent team, if he's playing the top center role there, I still think he's going to become better than he was last year. And he's, he's poised for a big upswing as opposed to a, a lateral or a downswing. Yeah, like he's – it's so hard to predict how he's going to do because you just don't know what's going to happen with the Capitals. Are they going to be pushing for a wildcard spot? They might be the bottom of the division. Who knows? Like it's it's just so hard. But if Kuznetsov, Kuznetsov can have a good year, I think I think a good year for him looks like seventy points. Um, especially playing on that top line with Ovechkin, thirty-seven uh, goals. Yeah. So I do think that he has the potential to have a great year, but it's just so hard to predict. And for me, I I wouldn't take him um, unless I can get him like as a steal in like the one twenties, like just like at the end of the yep. draft. Um, yeah, I value wise, I could, I could see somebody justifying taking him right around that hundred point or a hundred, hundred pick. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, The hundredth pick. Um, I could, I could understand the justification behind that. I wouldn't take him that high. Um, but if I could get him as a steal, absolutely. And he's looking at that like 120 mark too. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's that's all the players I got. Anybody else stand out to you that you want to bring up for any other category or just in general? No, I don't think so. It, it's really tough with centers because so many people are listed as a center that have not taken a face-off in their life. And there's so many yeah. people <laughs> that take so many face-offs but play wing but aren't listed as center. Like, it, it's just so confusing sometimes. Um, and, like, Steven Stamkos, I believe on Yahoo, is listed only at center, and he's not going to play center this year. Yeah, he um, plays wing. <laughs> yeah, he's a winger now, and they, they're not Giroux's really listed up. at center wing too. Still, I think. Yeah, Giroud. Yeah, he didn't play any center last year. He does take a lot of faceoffs though, so I can kind of understand that. But I don't know; it's just so tough. And one thing I will say is that if you have the choice between a player that is only center and somebody that is center wing, always take the one with multiple positions. Oh yeah, I'll always take center wing over center. Um, yeah. Unless their name is Connor McDavid, then shut up and take him at one. Yeah. Um, but hey, as far as that goes, uh, that's going to be about it. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning into this week's episode of Fantasy Forecheck. Uh, for our next show, uh, it's going to be different. We're going to do our top 10 choices uh, each for the individual positions. So, center, left, right, defense, and goalie. Uh, and kind of how we would personally rank them. So we'll see how similar or different those rankings go, and everybody can fight in the comments or with us on Twitter if you so desire. I feel like that'd be kind of fun. 
But either way, uh, it should be a good episode. We'll be doing that next time. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred listening channels and to the Hockey Writers Podcast and YouTube channels where you can find everything else hockey-related. You can always follow me on Twitter at Stro67. And mine's at JacobBilling10. Uh, you can feel free to drop us a like, uh, tweet at us, or anything else, and we'll keep you up to date on all things fantasy throughout the year. Thanks again, everybody, for watching, and we will see you next time.